good morning, or good night, whatever time it is for you. You're listening to Pod Save the Queen with me, Matthew. You got the tea ready? Let's get cracking. Hello. It's been a busy week. Nicola Adams is out of Strictly without even doing a dance because her partner contracted COVID-19. Racing Point took a shock poll at the Formula One in Turkey. And the conflicts in Ethiopia, Azerbaijan and Armenia hit new highs. But first, it's time for your coffee morning catch-up. Main news this week is all about the UK. There's been a shake-up at number 10. Dominic Cummings is out of a job. We've also got this student evacuation project to try get students home for Christmas. We'll be talking about the effect that's had on university students, especially with their mental health. Also, Pfizer's vaccine. We've had an update. It's got 90% effectiveness. Just as the UK passes the highest deaths in Europe, is there light at the end of the tunnel? And let's not forget the US election. Georgia goes for Biden, which puts him well past 300 electoral college votes. Donald Trump refuses to accept he's lost. So will there be a smooth transition of power? And so we'll look at what a Joe Biden administration will mean for the United Kingdom and Brexit. So one of the things to come out this week is Hollywood. We've had Johnny Depp lose his libel case against the Sun newspaper for calling him a wife beater. There's been a massive backlash on social media. Uh, Petitions hit a million signatures to get Amber Heard kicked out of Aquaman 2. So I've got someone in the studio with me today who's been following it quite closely. Ellie, do you want to just explain what's gone on? Some newspaper had enough evidence um, to prove probability that he was in fact a wife beater. The biggest problem with this case is that it's a libel case, so it's not a beyond reasonable doubt. It's matter of probability. Really, I mean yeah. that's that is. I mean, I feel sorry for him because there's been millions and millions of people who have come out onto social media, haven't they, and, and just said that they support him regardless. Which he has taken. He's um, released a statement thanking for his fans and his friends and family for supporting him so much and loving him still so dearly. So going forward then, what... I mean, is that the end of it? Is it going to continue? I mean, I I have no idea. I always thought that Hollywood royalty sort of kept their drama behind closed doors and on set, but... I mean, is this just going to keep playing out in the public limelight for the next few months? Well, Johnny Depp has said that he will um, take it back to the UK courts and try and um, renew the case with new evidence, etc. I would say that there was evidence in both their cases, probably, that it really was a toxic relationship. But I don't think that that means that he's the only one that should be affected by this case. There's clear evidence that clearly she wasn't exactly the nicest person to be with either. She was also highly emotionally abusive and he did end up back on drugs and drinking. I think it's terrible. But, you know, we'll keep keep in touch with this. Thank you, Ellie. We'll have you back on the show whenever there's a development about it. But yeah, Johnny Depp being dragged through the gutters at the moment. Let's hope that he can get back to that Captain Jack Sparrow spirit that we love him for. So the dinner time discussion today is everything UK. We've had more drama than Downton Abbey this week. So I'm joined with my good friend Joe today. We're going to be talking everything that's happened, especially in the last 24 hours, Joe. Lee Kane and Dominic Cummings are out of 10 Downing Street. What do you think of that? I'll be honest, I think that's a a very good move, but not only from a social perspective in terms of allowing the public to have more faith 
in the government with regards to mm-hmm. COVID, with mm-hmm. the actions that Cummings especially has taken, but also with regards to Brexit, because they were in the Birin number 10 simply because of wanting to create a more Brexit-focused parliament, but now there is supposedly a plan for that in place. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I think Brexit was their main purpose for being there. Both of them major parts of that Vote Leave campaign. I mean, one of the questions about Brexit, quickly, will be what Joe Biden's administration will be for the United Kingdom and Brexit. Obviously, the news this week is that Joe Biden passed the 300 mark as Georgia declared them for the Democrats. Donald Trump still refusing to concede. I mean, that drama's just going to roll on and on, isn't it, Joe? Absolutely. Now, Biden was very much not in favour of, of Brexit to begin with. Correct. While I don't believe that will mean he's going to give us an unfavourable deal, I really feel like he will add certain certain pointers, I guess you could say, to it that would potentially mean a softer release from the EU should this come about prior to the deadline. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think... I think this might just be a moment of we're seeing a new direction for 10 Downing Street. We're seeing the issue of Brexit not becoming the forefront of the Prime Minister's plans and the advisers, trying to create a more conservative 10 Downing Street instead of individuals. It's about the party. And I think that's important going forward because there are many different policies in the Conservative manifesto that people voted for in 2019. Yes, absolutely. And on that note of COVID-19, I honestly believe that the COVID-19 situation, especially with the North and as someone from the North, I believe that will be a key sticking point when Mm. it comes to what policies the government consider with regards to what happens after COVID-19. So, for example, are they going to continue with their plan of levelling out the North? Are Mm -hmm. they going to adapt that slightly because of maybe the attitudes towards the Tory party that might have developed in this previous time? Yeah, I agree. So, moving on then, the test and release system, the idea that's come out from the party, the Conservatives, about getting university students back home for Christmas... So one of the things that this is in regards to is the fear that 1.2 million university students travelling around the country towards, you know, but going back to families at Christmas, spending time with loved ones, will inherently spread the virus. And what's happened this week is the government's released their plan, an evacuation-style test and release week, in which university students will be tested. If you test negative for COVID-19, boom, go home. If you test positive, you have to isolate until you return a negative test. I think there's definitely tension arising. So, Joe, what's your thoughts on this test and release evacuation style? Do you think it's the right thing to do? So, ab- absolutely. I really, I do believe that, and while, while I have been critical of the government's approach to COVID-19 for quite a while now, mm-hmm. I will say I believe that the test and release system is a step in the right direction. Agreed. So, to... To really summarise what I believe um, with regards to the test and release system, I think that having the test and release system come out before the end of lockdown will be the best option. So I can't exactly remember the date. Uh, So I think it's going to be the 30th of December to the 6th of November, a one-week window to test and release just as that lockdown's ending. I think I think that's crucial timing. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I really believe that that is, they, they put that at a good time, I believe, because if they were to put it in any time later, while that would allow for certain subjects such as, say, the chemical sciences, which are more lab- laboratory-based um, at this time, to continue their labs and things like that, it would also mean 
that with things potentially opening back up, if cases are uh, being shown to drop, which I believe they are, I think our death rate has reached the highest that it has been in a while. However, the rate of change of cases is actually dropping right yep. now. Yep. Um, so if the cases are shown to be going down, then obviously things will be opening back up. However, we do not want to be encouraging those who are likely to take advantage of that to take advantage of that. Yeah, no, I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. And we've got something here that is safe and good for everyone. And I think this is the first thing in regards to university students that the government have listened to. And I think it, it relates to these protests in Manchester, petitions everywhere, petitions in Nottingham, petitions in Newcastle. University students have felt like they've been exploited throughout this. And, you know, we'll make sure that we put some of the links to these petitions in the description so people can go and check them out. But, I mean, just moving forward to something hopefully more positive... The Pfizer vaccine has had 90% effectiveness in their penultimate testing, I think it is, Joe. And I think this, there's hope that this could be rolled out by Christmas. So I've got a couple of questions, you know, yourself from the science background. Who will get priority? So the priority will almost always be given to those who are most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So that being those are pre with a significant number of pre-existing health conditions, the elderly, those who statistically are more likely to be harmed should they become infected. Now, mm. I've had a little bit of an issue with the way in which this vaccine news is being, is being around. Don't get me wrong, I love the fact that a vaccine has been confirmed to have this level of efficiency because I do not believe there are many vaccines out there, especially at this point in testing, that have this, this high of a confirmed positivity rate with regards to eff efficacy. Mm -hmm. However, we should not take the vaccine news as a word of God that we should be lessening restrictions and normal, quote-unquote. Yeah, I, I mean, one of the things I was going to say is, do you think it should be mandatory to have the vaccine when it comes out. So if we had the ability, the supply and the, and the, abil and the ability logistics-wise to distribute it to the entire nation, then I do believe there is what one could call a responsibility to get this thing under, get this virus under control using the vaccine. However, in, with regards to actually being mandatory, I, I, would, I would disagree with it being mandatory simply because while rare, side effects will occur, and especially when we have developed a vaccine over such a short period of time, and when the I4 long-term side effects is usually what causes vaccine development programs, especially during the phase two and phase three clinical trial stage, yep. to last so unbelievably long. They're the reason why a six-month testing period may last five years. Yeah, well, I think it's a bit of hope that we've We've needed for a long time. It's been a very, very slow and long, difficult year. Um, there's going to be a poll, everyone, on the Twitter to go and vote. If you are offered the vaccine, will you take it? So that's going to be a poll which I'd like you guys to you know, fill in. We'll talk more about it next week. It's going to probably dominate the next few weeks' news. But, you know, there's your dinner time discussion. I mean, so many developments here in the UK alone. I hope that you've been keeping up to date with the things. Be sure to follow on Twitter and on the social medias. It's at PSTQ Podcast. Pod Save the Queen. PSTQ Podcast. So follow for all your pod glorious content. Make sure you stay safe, everyone. Let's have a fantastic week and hopefully the news next week will be even greater and glorious. Stay safe.